Hello and welcome back to the Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience, and increase your profitability. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Accommodation Show. I am super pumped, super excited to welcome Amy Stanton to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Bart. I'm excited to be here. Pumped for it. Amy is a a bit of a legend across Australia. You may know her from all sorts of TV shows, um, which I found about later on down the track. So you're kind of semi-famous, which is I'm a little (laughs) bit intimidated by. But the thing I love about you is that you're down to earth. You're really easy to get along with, really easy to talk to. And you're in the short-term rental space, in the accommodation space, and you've created a really cool company called Tiny Stays, which I'm really excited to talk to you about today. Yeah, for sure. Don't get, and you can't go giving me a big head this early on. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured we'll get it out of the way, right? And then we can kind of work from there. Get it out of the way. Nah, you're a legend. You're a legend. <laughs> so awesome. Look, um... Yeah, look, and, and I think that that's the thing is that uh, the people that are listening can look you up and find you doing all sorts of different projects. And I don't want to focus on everything that you've done. I want to focus more on what you're doing right now because I think it's super exciting. I love the excitement you bring to short-term rentals into this space. I love that you've seen an opportunity that you've wanted to sort of grab with both hands and run with. Um, can you introduce what it is that you're actually doing in this space um, and let everybody know, um, yeah, about kind of where you're at with the business right now? Yeah, for sure. So me and my brother, we build tiny houses and then rent them out to people kind of want to escape their bosses, get away from work and that just kind of market for a unique off-grid accommodation that's kind of in the middle of the forest. You can go out there, put your phones down enjoy experiencing a tiny house, be with your loved ones. And yeah, kind of just that unique experience, which I think people need more and more these days. Yeah. So, so what, what, what prompted it was like to actually do the tiny stays was it, Hey, we know about building tiny accommodations or was it, Hey, we want to create an experience for a particular kind of guest or an avatar, something that you might want yourself. What sort of led you towards going down the tiny stay route? I think we went down the tiny house path to create tiny stays was because me and my brother, who we both co-founded tiny stays, we are huge adventurers. We love travel. We both were from, you know, he was from the corporate world. I was from the tradie world. And we thought, you know, we don't want to do this. We want to show people what we've experienced, you know, going overseas. There was a lot of tiny homes overseas, unique stays. And we thought, why don't we bring that back to Australia? We've had that experience in the building industry. We can build them ourselves. We want to show people that there's more to life than just working nine to five every day. And you can take that midweek break and you can go experience something completely different. So our excitement came from doing it ourselves and be like, Dude, we need to show other people how cool it is to put your phone down, boot off Karen from PR and just get back to nature with, you know, <laughs> the necessities. And then, of course, you've got to first 
tag us on Instagram, then put your phone down. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, we'll come to that for sure because I think the marketing part is one of your key strengths and something that um, I, I recommend everyone that's listening to the, the episode to do is to go to your website, have a look at how good you are at putting together that marketing package and that marketing experience. And uh, I remember checking what you were doing almost a year ago and you're constantly changing and evolving in the marketing space. But before we go to that, can you sort of uh, step us through a little bit what that kind of experience is like and, and what when we're talking about tiny homes and tiny stays what, what is a tiny home because uh, I don't know what, that everybody understands exactly what it means yeah so there's lots of different types of tiny homes and lots of tiny homes these days are quite big but our type of tiny home is it's on a, a five meter trailer bed we build the house on the trailer bed we Put it, hook it onto a car, take it to a beautiful destination, plonk it there, hook it up to some solar and some gas bottles and a water tank so it's completely off-grid and sustainable. And that kind of, it's still like not a permanent fixture. So you don't have to go through a lot of crazy permits. Depending what area you're in, lots of councils are different within that. But basically put it there and then... Yeah, it's kind of very luxury inside. We still, it's not, it's not glamping, but it's not a hotel, but it has all the necessities of a hot shower. We have a composting toilet, a, a big bed looking out, beautiful windows to your surroundings, kangaroos. And really what we're selling is the experience. We don't see it as come stay so you can go do all these other things. It's like come enjoy the experience of like, for instance, our Heathcote tiny house, you have to park at the bottom and adventure up this huge hill with boulders everywhere. And, yeah, it's a bit of exercise, but it's all about creating a lasting memory that you can be like, yeah, that was that was awesome and remember it for your life kind of thing. So, so the, the tiny home is kind of the byproduct of the experience so you're you know it, it could be kind of it could almost be a tent but you've upgraded the tent into something which is a bit more unique uh, and a bit more comfortable for sort of you know like you said as someone that's working in the city or someone that's that's got a job that wants to get away that needs a little bit more comfort than staying in a tent but is still getting that same disconnection from from you know the wi-fi signal and um they're from from like you said the, the the social media and their phones and that sort of thing and really immersing themselves in, in that experience i i love it so so just to clear it up so it's five meters long and then two less than two meters wide 2.4 wide we've yeah, right. lo lots of tiny houses range though for you know you can get ones that the usual tiny house is probably on a six metre trailer bed and a lot of people create them with lofts up the top so they're a lot taller, they're a lot more bulkier and that's kind of the path you would go if you were probably going to live in one because it uh, allows a lot more room. But for us, we purely build them for Airbnb purposes so have the bed on the bottom floor and so you can look out the windows and have a mini kitchen and, you know, the... The bathroom is is less than a metre long, but it has a normal shower and it has room to move. But, yeah, so we also get a lot of people come thinking that they want to live in a tiny house, be like, yeah, I'm going to test it out. <laughs> then they might stay in it and be like, oh, this is great for the weekend, but can I handle my boyfriend on a five-metre trailer bed for the rest of my life? Probably not. 
Probably not. <laughs> what people learn very, very quickly, huh? They are, this is a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> What's the longest booking you've had in, in one of your places? Probably four nights. So our average booking is, is definitely two nights. And as you may know, in the accommodation field, the more you get people stay for longer, the better. So we always try and upsell for the two nights or potentially three nights. Um, but yeah, we do one night bookings midweek, but definitely not on weekends or else it's always a minimum of two night bookings. So, and I would love you to, I guess, finish painting the picture for people. So I think we've got a bit of an idea as to what the accommodation would look like. and. Um, you can actually look at diagrams and see how tight the space actually is where, you know, when we talk about a shower, it's not, it's not the same size as a regular shower. Yeah. You're talking about the toilet. You can probably reach out to your partner who's lying in bed next to you. It's not that him, close. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's back, back to my uni days. <laughs> so, but, um, so, so it's, it's smaller, it's more compact. So that's understood. But one of the things that blew me away when I saw what you're doing is that you're able to offer views that are uh, unparalleled, just absolutely stunning views that you just can't find anywhere else. And therefore, because they're tiny homes, the choice of locations that you, you guys as a company can find to offer is going to be super unique. Uh, tell me about the sort of, what the guest experience is in terms of those views and how critical that part is to your business. The views and the land that we find is probably one of the most crucial parts of the business because we don't only want people to stay in a tiny house. We want them to feel like they're immersed in nature with no one else around, that they're completely by themselves with these amazing views. And so when they get to the place, Normally they're blown away because it's the pictures do it justice, but not as being in there. For instance, our Hillsville tiny house, you drive up the driveway and literally you have about 3 million kangaroos stop and say, hello, see how you're doing. And then you get to the house and you've just got, you can look around 360 and just see hills and greenery and you've got a fire pit and it's just a place you can really just let go, take a breath and be like, all right, I'm going to enjoy this and I'm really going to have a good time. So yeah, the land is definitely crucial. We always say it needs to be 30 acres minimum because we don't, we don't want people to be around. We don't want to be able to see houses. So we're very picky with our lands and we, we have messed up once, like we messed up with where we put it once and we kind of thought this isn't for us. So we did have to move location, but that's, all the fun of it, you're learning as you go along, but um, yeah, yeah, so land's definitely crucial. And then, so if you're a guest, so you'd come and obviously you're staying there, Are you, during the evenings, campfire, that kind of stuff, is that part of the experience or is, is it like no fire because it's too dangerous? Uh, what is the, what is the other end of the experience look apart from just the, the sleeping and the view part? It's definitely the campfire and sitting around the campfire in summer when it's a total fire ban, we don't do campfires, but it's for us, it's putting the small, because we are a, you know, small business, it's giving those touches that maybe the bigger mobs might not give. It's, it's the outdoor games, it's the fire pit, it's the free marshmallows, 
and all the it's kind of in our welcome book saying all the things you can do on the property like most of the time they have to we supply some firewood but they can go source the, the sticks from the property they can go for hikes during the pro like around everywhere and yeah and it's sitting by the campfire with your loved one which most a lot of our guests they are on anniversaries or proposals lots of proposals happen all those kind of things you're going to remember for the rest of your life and we love how we can just bring them close together so is it like proposal hashtag tiny stage yeah love a love a good proposal up there <laughs> goes well on the gram <laughs> um Okay, so I think we've set the scene a bit in terms of the of, of the product that you're offering and, and what you've created and the reasons why you've created it and it's sort of replicating what you were doing in the past. You're like, well, I'd love to be able to offer this. Um, it, from a operational point of view, I just want to kind of go through some of the little elements because I think that's where a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, this is great, and then scratch their heads as to how to actually execute this when we've got a building in a city, then, then we know how to do things and and we're dealing with different issues. What are probably, I mean, you, is you give us as much detail as you like, but what are the sort of the, the most taxing parts of having to run a business in this way? Yeah, well, there's... Uh Within every business, there's lots of good things about it and bad, not bad things, but struggles. And I think for us, the number one struggle is finding the land and making sure it's perfect, which is very hard when we, we just rent the land. So we work on a basis where how it works is we put out flyers to the public, be like looking for land to rent to wineries or people who have unused land that their land just sits there they don't do anything with we put out flyers we post on on groups on facebook which is a huge one as you would know with your accommodation group like it's a great place to find your niche audience and then we get them to fill out a survey on our website and we go through the survey we ask them questions about their land and then from there we kind of you know, pick out the best ones. And as much as it just can be a beautiful place, it has to have 24 access available. It has to have a good driveway. It has to be fenced off, has to have amazing views. And there's a lot of things that actually go into finding the perfect land. And then we go out and look at all the land that we have marked off. It just can be anywhere in Victoria. We've been to some some amazing places, but we've also been to, you know, Larry from down the road has half an acre and wants to chuck it in the backyard with the rest of his junk. And we're like, well, you know what I mean? But we've definitely, from the first house we had in Healesville, have streamlined that process a lot better. So we make sure we're only going to places that we're 100% we're certain on. And not owning the land, how it works, we pay them monthly rent to just rent their property. We put our tiny house there and maintenance is a bit hard. Like that's still mm. something we probably have to write it, write it down better, but normally it's just a handshake agreement. And the other thing that's a real struggle, which I think most people in the business can relate to is finding and and keeping good cleaners. At the moment, we have great cleaners on, but because the cleans only take an hour and they might be, you know, five times a week 
an hour in the middle of the day. It's really tough find people who, who have that time to go out and do it near the properties. And that's, yeah, that that's one of the other so the, things. The, the logistics of it, right, because you are putting place people in places that are quite unique, maybe a little bit further afield, it's, it's going to take at least someone at least half an hour to get there from wherever they are. Yeah, right? yeah well, most of the places we kind of have with our business model that we still want them to be within 20 minutes, half an hour driving to wineries and things to do. You're not completely in the middle of nowhere, but if you do want to isolate and feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, you can. So navigating our way around the two process of building the tiny houses and accommodating people and dealing with guests and dealing with cleaners and dealing with landowners we're, we're just very thankful that we've got Ben's girlfriend, who is now our, we call her, she just does everything, our admin assistant that does the world. So she's just, uh, we're so grateful for her to handle, handle all that. But I think the number one thing we've learned is streamline as much as you can. Streamline the booking process so you don't have that, you only have contact when contact's needed. So they get the emails on time, they get the check-in book, they get this, they get that and... And it's all very streamlined, the process. They can check in by themselves and that causes a lot less stress on our half and theirs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And just just to kind of clear clear this particular topic off, because, I mean, there's so many things I have in mind in terms of the, the intricacies of it. So I take it that the cleaners are the ones that are facilitating anything that needs to happen. So if they need firewood, if they need the marshmallows, all the things that need to be on site, the cleaners are bringing in, right? Yeah, well, we're still very on grid, the business. So we've we've kind of, it's we were going up to probably the tiny houses every two weeks to put up supplies, um, empty the composting toilet because we don't expect our cleaners to literally deal with the poo. That's my job. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And now we've kind of got it more streamlined, even just a little organizational things. Like we built a shed there on the weekend. We can stock as much as we can. If, you know, something, we run out of toilet paper, well, we'll give it, rather than us driving there to waste time, we'll give our cleaners, you know, we'll, if they're at the shops, they can buy some toilet paper or we'll give them extra coin to do a stock fill up. So we rely on them so much and they're, amazing to to our business but sometimes it's very hard it's can be a quick turnover and a job for a lot mm. of people and it's very hard to get it right yeah look I, i've found that from my experience of talking to a lot of people and how to get cleaners and keep them and that sort of thing one of the the nicest moves that you can make is actually to get uh, cut them into the business a bit. Yeah. So if you can if you can tip over a few extra percent commission that way, then you can get them communicating with the guest a bit more. Yeah. Um, and kind of them taking more responsibility, and therefore it's their business. So then, when you've got issues that are coming, they can kind of preempt it more rather than them just being responsive to whatever the problems are. And yeah. You're finding the solution there, like they have to be a bit more like, oh well, I'll figure it out because it's in my interest to get it done quickly because I make my five or 10% cut anyway. And I want to keep the guests happy, which yeah. is the other side of it as well. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. And there is ways like that to do it. And even with landowners, if you know, mm. they may pay for half the tiny house or whatever, and then it's kind of the joint 
the joint venture, but the J- the JV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's exciting. That's that's so cool. Look, I, I um I'm in love with the business model. I, I I like that it's unique and that you guys are really pushing boundaries. Uh, uh with marketing, so. Obviously, you've got your guest avatar or the avatar or the person that you're particularly targeting. And I take it that two is the max that you would take in a, in a property or would it be two and a child? We're, we're happy to do two and a child, but we just kind of say to them, it's not, we didn't build it for two people and a child. If you want to bring your child, that's fine. But it, they will have to sleep in the same bed. And it's a great experience for little ones. Like people bring babies a lot, but... Really, in my head, I'm like, guys, why would you want to bring your kid? Like, do it to get away from them. Come on, guys. Like, we can't find a babysitter. I'm like, I'll babysit them. Just go have some time by yourself. Um, that's cool. And then, so, so the and then the the marketing side of it. So, Instagram, um, Facebook, yeah, you know, uh, groups and that sort of thing. One thing that really struck me uh, is something that you said. You said. Um, you know, it's the kind of Airbnb properties as well, which I was, I kind of relented a bit. Like, oh no, what, why, what, you know, it kind of felt like that was part of the mix. Now I know that you've got other, other channels of getting people through and taking bookings. Yeah. And I know that you've got a strong marketing presence, but I'd love you to tell us what your thoughts are about that, that yeah. experience and, and how you guys are marketing yourself and building up that brand. Yeah, for sure. So we started off, purely on we started off having a website and on airbnb in 2018 where probably about 90 percent of our business was coming from airbnb five percent from booking.com which we've booted them off now and because we haven't had <laughs> sorry if like you're, you're affiliated with booking.com but we've never had a Anyway, that's another. They'll be on the they'll be on the phone after this episode. (laughs) I can guarantee it. That's another bottle of wine. But um, we were getting yeah a lot of our bookings from those platforms, and then as we slowly made the shift to marketing a lot better, which I'll tell you how in a sec. We now it's probably I would say eighty five percent to ninety percent of our bookings come from our website. And the other 10% come from Airbnb and Ripper Rides. I think that's the only other two platforms mm. we're on and probably mostly more Airbnb than Ripper Ride. Sure. Um, but Ben and I have had a lot of experience on on Instagram before. I feel like one of our we're, – we're very good at branding. We know our brand and I think – the main thing is people love to see a face behind the brand. They love to see us building the tiny houses. They love to see us out on location, see what we're doing and enjoy the whole journey of from A to B rather than just here's a tiny house, come stay, and they don't know the story behind it. So I think we've had a lot of loyal followers from the start of watching us build build the business and turn into where we are now and from doing that, one of the reasons we went down the path is t- of tiny houses is because, let's be honest, they look cool. They look awesome. We painted the first one bright blue. And what happens when you see a bright blue tiny house on a beautiful hill? People want to take a picture and post it on Instagram and show all their friends that they're out at this awesome tiny house. So for us, the our amazing guests, we're actually doing our marketing 
at the start, they would take a picture and, and post it on their social media, tag us. We had a, we have a competition of that we do, you know, once a year, um, tag us in your pictures and we will choose someone to win a night's free stay. And they've got that plastered on the, on the wall when they come into the tiny house. So they straight away take a picture, post it, tag it, their friends see it. And the chain keeps continuing like that. So that had been a lot of help from us. And then also, as most people do know, it's all about your pictures and the experience they get and how they feel going on the website and how also dealing, like I still deal with a lot of um, customers and so does Alex and it's like talking to them like they are your best mate and being mates with them and being pumped for them and giving them stuff they want and, you know, and just constantly building on your marketing of spreading yourself as much as you can, going to, another one for us is going to blogs and getting your name up there on Google. So if it's broadsheet, if it's whatever it is, putting together a media kit about your accommodation, whatever it is, you can make it sound cool. If you're in a motel in the middle of the nowhere, find your uniqueness, make a media kit, which includes pictures and basically write up the article for the lifestyle blogs about yours, your house and why it's so good and what's so good in the area. Email as many blogs, big or small as you can, with that information. And a lot of the time they're like, sweet, I've got a story here. We give them ideas for stories. So top 10 tiny houses in Victoria or whatever. And then they think, oh yeah, we'll do that. Oh, the information's here. And they take it, they copy and paste it. And then we've just got all this exposure from us just putting in the work and just sending it to them to put on their website. That's uh, th these kind of tips are just gold. And I think a lot of people go, Oh yeah, well, what am I going to do? And I think that the biggest struggle for, for most of our listeners will be like, Oh, what do I write? And that sort of thing. And there's, there's loads of great experts that can help you with that. There's um, uh, actually another guest of ours, um, uh, Jules Brook, who came on to the show who, uh, who helps small businesses figure out their PR and, and doing all of these steps that you've just made sound so simple. Um, one question I have for you, and this is as a business owner as well, how much time do you dedicate to that particular side of the business? Because you're a hands-on lady. You go out there and you're on the tools, you're building mm. stuff. And I see that you're on social media quite a lot promoting it as well and then you'd have all the operational stuff as well on the back end so taking all your guest inquiries through to sorting out the composting toilet yeah like like in reality how what percentage of your time would you say you're dedicating towards uh focusing on the on the marketing side of the business well i definitely without a doubt marketing is the most important thing you can do like i think Lots of business owners stress about other things that like the little things that are going wrong or that. But if you get out there and you just create this empire of a brand, you want to, whatever field you're in, in the short term accommodation, you want to be like the big dog of that field. Like my thing is when people think of tiny houses, I want them to think of tiny stays as, as the number one. And we at the start, 
we put a lot of energy into marketing, getting things right. But now we're, we're at a stage where we're building them and the marketing's doing itself. So we've streamlined it enough. We still have to post on those times. We figure out, okay, when's our ideal audience going to be on Instagram and Facebook? We figured out we get our most bookings on Friday nights and Saturday mornings. So we come on Friday nights and post and Saturday mornings and post because we know that's when we get the most bookings. And it's simple steps like that is all you need to do and have that email list to when something happens, send an email out. Because even if you can get one or two people book or even inquire, it's amazing. And now a big focus for our marketing is gift vouchers and coming up to Christmas we got to spend a lot of time in that, but we're lucky now we do have Alex to do all the, you know, operation side of the business. Ben and I can focus on building them and then the marketing as well. But yeah, I wouldn't know an exact time, but it's a damn lot. And I think when we were, I, I feel like I have a million full-time jobs at the moment, but when, when we started Tiny Stays, we were doing everything. And I think you've got to get in the mindset of at the start, if you're starting an accommodation, if you're starting kind of whatever it is, you're going to have to do it all to make profit. But you just streamline things slowly and then there's always an end game of, and you're always learning and in the future you can hire people, but just hustle, get it done and just continue build your brand and figure out why you're different to Joe Blow next to you. And that's all you can really do and market for that your unique yeah. difference yeah and and, and the, those unique selling points they actually we always find in our business we never know really at the start and we never really plan it out mm. we look we think we know what's going to make us unique but then when we go and put that message out then we find that we just don't get the response or the feedback that we thought we would it's like oh hold on that's yeah it's unique but it's no one want, really wants it we're gonna have to change and keep an iterating until you kind of it naturally starts to come to you and that, that whole thing, you know, why did you come here? Uh, why, how did you find us? And that sort of thing. And they go, oh, that's, that's what makes us unique. And you start to dial down on that. Um, I've got, I know we're, we're kind of running, running out of time and I've got, I've got like that's so right. many questions for I, I'm you. I'm blabbing but, on. <laughs> <laughs> um, go there's, there's two things that, uh, there's three things that we're going to, um, cover. Yep. Just uh, one is your thoughts on, um, the international tourism market so obviously uh things are changing international tourists will come back are you gonna put that into your mix of marketing is it essential do you really care so much if you are doing all right with the local market um i would love to know your, your feeling on it we honestly we really like the local market we get a lot of people from around victoria we do get some from interstate but only really when they're visiting melbourne i think that is our target audience people from melbourne you know couples that live in apartments or anywhere really around melbourne and for international i think there's definitely room there but for us you can't focus on everyone and the tiny houses are hot we've had a lot of international guests but it's always like well what bus do i catch to get to here how do i get to there so it's a lot harder for them to come stay than someone who's like, let's just jump in the car and go. And 
our main thing is we want to we want to show everyone like the local produce and what's around the local area and what you're missing out on of just taking that day midweek off work and going for an adventure all our tiny houses are an hour from melbourne so we're not huge on the international market but I'm happy with any guests that want to stay. I'll welcome anyone from wherever. <laughs> yeah. It's more, it's more the, the, is it something that, that you guys are going to be pushing on and focusing on and is it going to be a strategy for you? But obviously it's, it's not necessary um, at this stage. Uh, one thing that I was going to ask from before is um, how do you deal with a miscommunication? So, you know, you said that one of these properties is really hard to get to. How are you guys dealing with um, letting people know maybe before they book that, you know, it's, it's not going to be an easy ride to get up to their property? Yeah, and that's one thing we kind of, well, we didn't struggle with, but we're definitely learning at the start of our journey in the tiny house business is making it clear that we are off grid. And in the winter, if you, you know, we have people bring their air fryers in and we weren't communicating well enough and it was our fault that, the houses are off grid. If you use too much power, there's a chance the power will go out and you won't be left with any power. And it happened a couple of times at the very start that we'll get a call from a guest saying the power's gone out and me and will be like, oh, crap, 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 you know. But um, from they, they there... And the blender we... on for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and you don't know what they're doing. Like, we, we've done the solar system, so it caters for you know, but it's pretty good. But if you plug in a hairdryer, we do know, don't bring a hairdryer, don't do this, we're off grid. It's all about that. But sometimes it happens and now we're being, with our messaging, it's like, look, if the power goes out, here's what you do. And we have a lot of signs around everywhere and make it very clear on what to expect when you get there. And it's not just a walk in the, well, so walk in the park but you know you might be confronted by a composting toilet or you know the whatever it is i like the power doesn't normally go out but it might go out depends if you what charge about heating it up during the night pardon what about heating during the night is that electric blankets is that how you uh, we or <laughs> electric blankets no we base well the tiny houses are very well insulated and we used to have diesel diesel heating which didn't use much power because for the size of them the solar panels go on the front and it is very hard to charge in the winter when you've got back-to-back -back bookings so we figured it out and now it's kind of like people can only plug their laptop in their phone in to charge and we have a fan but heating it's hot water bottles lots of blankets an insulated house and a fire fire out the front and we make it gotcha. all very clear but if we do have that miscommunication you know we try our best to apologize and e explain that yeah. we're, we're yeah. sorry and yeah. kind of point out what we said but it's hard it is it is hard dealing dealing with stuff like that and every case is different and you know you might get that bad review but i think it's how you write back to it and how you communicate and and actually care about them. You don't have to rush and be like, oh, I'll give you money back. I'll give you money back. Like, sure. see what they yeah. want and, and need. That's right. And it's not about whether you, you set the right message at the start or not, or whether you set, set the right expectations. Ultimately, if they didn't have the experience they expected, 
the onus is on on the host i always feel it's like well they didn't read the email it's like well maybe you should have called them yeah so like, well, do i have to call every guest yes maybe yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna have to be the way you do it because you've set up the business in that particular way or you know uh, to, to have those expectations but uh so i love that so um there's Two more, two more questions. Just, have you, are you guys doing any upsells? Have you thought about doing upsells of any kind? So you might have a little cabinet with some whiskey that's uh, on a on a lock yeah. box, and then they, yeah. then you know, they kind of get tempted after after sitting there in the chilliness after <laughs> a while, and oh, we'll pay the we'll pay the the hundred dollars for the bottle of whiskey, or or you know, that's the, a great idea. Wing. Like I've never thought of the whiskey idea. We did look at having um upsells on our website where you buy you know local produce or you buy you know a picnic and all that kind of thing but for our our sake we've thought about a lot doing a lot of different things and it's like we're just going to stick at what we know and we're gonna, it when we start to do all these upsells and stuff we start to veer away from our business and it's honestly for us at the moment too much effort when we're when we're in the stage we yeah. are, but I think I, I'm liking the whiskey in the in the cabinet. Yeah. It's it's one of the it's a it's a little thing. It's a really easy one. So what you do is you um, find whatever the product is. So you understand your avatar. Yeah. And for some people, they've got like they they set up a Netflix box. So then you've got the popcorn in the box and the the sodas and some candies, right? And yeah. they have to unlock the code. And because the box is there and it's on display and the kids are in the house, they just want to get into the box and you can charge kind of whatever you like. And that's um, low effort from you as a host. Mm. And the great thing about this is that you're improving their experience. How it's do nothing you... to do with, with the money, right? It's yeah. got to do with that. You might be in a bit more trouble because you can't take those online payments, but you could just do a like a, a online payment. They pay for it. They get a code in the email. Yeah. And that code unlocks the box. Yeah. So we have, yeah, and I think, I honestly think it's a, it's a great idea. We, yeah. we just like, all right, we're focusing on this. Let's do this. And then stuff like that gets put behind, like in any business, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. great idea. It's like, just going to get off my butt and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one do I choose first? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have, I have one last, um, thing that, that I wanted to ask you about, and that's just the, uh, and don't take this in the wrong way. <laughs> the nature of your business doesn't feel very scalable. It feels like, you yeah. know, if I'm if I'm getting into Airbnb or if I want to buy a hotel, I get a hotel, I've got 100 rooms and off I go. Uh, with this business model, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. You need the, the, the tiny home, you need the owners, you need, and everything's quite bespoke in yeah. terms of setup. Um, any thoughts around how you'll get around that and uh, what you might do in the future and if, if you know how you might get around the scaling issue yeah for sure like at the moment we we've talked about this a lot and we, we're kind of in the process of thinking of wanting to buy properties so because tiny houses don't go up in value they're not like a normal house you know as we all know the land is 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 the money maker in the future yes we got good income coming in every day from them but there's wear and tear on the houses. So at the moment we're trying to build as many as possible rent land. And then in the next couple of years to start, maybe even next year, you know, buy, buy 30 acres in Hillsville or whatever, put a few tiny houses on it, 
potentially renovate a little shack on the property and get income from that shack as well and then slowly keep doing that in different parts so we we own the land we own the shack and then the tiny houses are on that property as well so that's how we're going to get scalable in the future but right now to get to that stage where we can you know properties are a million dollars and if you know we would rather make sure that we've got we're making all this income every week from 10 houses that are on a million properties and then to start scaling it in the future and have those blocks of lands well, and uh, look, houses. In, in, in terms of an airbnb business you're actually a lot more scalable than buying property right because buying yeah. property it's slow you've got such a huge capital investment um, even if you're getting loans for the bank and then to to refinance and to go again and get more capital to mm. keep them going it's just really tricky um, and like you said, the land is the key here. So if you can get the land and then get your properties, uh, or, you know, set up multiple, uh, dwellings on that property, that's where I yeah. can see that you've probably got a good, good opportunity because you've got all the other bits of the infrastructure in place. A hundred percent. And I think also, but like we like tiny houses, the phase might not be around forever. Like the most chances it won't, it's not going to be around forever. It's great at the moment, but we, we adapt really well. You know, it may be tiny houses now, but in five, ten years, it might be, I don't know, staying in a tree house and then we'll move to tree houses and then we'll move to glamping. People are always going to want to stay somewhere uniquely and we have the skills to build them and do, do that, but at the moment it's tiny houses and then just enjoy the ride of the short-term accommodation business. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's really key is that you're building the brand right now with the tiny stays, but uh, what's abundantly clear is that you're building a hospitality brand. Mm. So you're getting into hospitality, understanding that side, and then which way you guys start to pivot and merge and doing whatever. You, to me, it sounds like you're pretty um, pragmatic about it and you'll kind of figure that out as you go. So uh, I, I really like it. Amy, you guys are awesome for doing what you're doing. I've always been a big fan and I've always liked your enthusiasm for this, for all this stuff. I do recommend anyone that's listening to jump onto the website, which is tinystays.com.au. .co. .co. <laughs> um, but it will be in the show notes as well. So please just jump onto there and you can click on and follow all the Instagrams and that sort of stuff. Uh, Amy, I, I want to thank you so much. One, for taking your time. Two, it took me one email to you to say, hey, do you want to do this? And you're like, absolutely. Book me um, in. So I, I appreciate that so much. It makes life so much easier and and, and to work together. And, to, and I love your selflessness. You've come and you've shared how your business works without any expectation of anything in return yeah. so th thanks a lot is there anything that we can do as a community for you uh you can jump on instagram and like it's tiny dot stays or my personal account where i show all the build and the process that's amy kate stanton but i'm just happy for everyone to get some good information and always anyone always feel free to reach out to me about anything and yeah, thanks so much for having me, Bart. I've had a I've had a ball and look forward to watching your adventures. And <laughs> you absolutely kill it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And look, uh, I can also in terms of scaling. There's one other idea that I had was the uh, franchise route. I want to see yeah. you guys get all over the country and all over the world, and you guys just uh, print the handbook for everybody. 
Yeah, we'll sta- we'll change from tiny stays to just tiny co. <laughs> Everything tidy. Everything tidy. I love it. Look, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks once again. And uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, then make sure you give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit the bell, do whatever you need to do to make sure you follow along and you'll meet other amazing people like Amy. Thank you so much once again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment and share it with others.